0: Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome Welcome to to the Getzy Truth. We believe that change is easier when you are not alone. Through practical advice, personal stories,
1: and expert insights, we offer strategies, empowerment, and a supportive community for you to turn
0: to for guidance and motivation on your journey to living your best life. Let's dive in. Dr. Leanne Rushing is a holistic pharmacist and functional health coach. Since 2020, she has been training in functional medicine so she can help women get to the root cause of their chronic health issues. She works with women with hormone imbalances, fatigue, acne, thyroid, and gut issues every day to rebalance their bodies and live a healthier life.
1: Welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. It's Abigail and Caitlin and we are so excited to welcome back our near and dear friend uh, Dr. Leanne Rushing. This is her third time on the podcast so obviously she's got a lot of good information to say because we just keep having her
2: on (laughs) over and over. So welcome Leanne. Thank you. I'm so excited. Excited to be here again um, and just discuss all things blood sugar with you guys.
1: Yes. Yeah. This is a really important topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin and I did earlier in October a um how to find hidden sugars and like how to like spot those like that in foods that don't need sugar, you know, right. like pasta sauce and stuff like that. So this will be a great like kind of follow up to that and like getting more detailed into like the science and the medical reasons of why sugar is so bad for you and, and then you can use that other one to find out like where to spot the sugars where they shouldn't be so exactly um so I guess just to define for everybody just to kind of level the playing field like what is blood sugar what's its purpose in the body and like what is it supposed to help your body function with
2: Yeah, so it's basically glucose. That's what all of our food is converted into. That's the usable energy form that our body uses. And so food is broken down into kind of three major macronutrients we call proteins, fats, and carbs. Um, And all of those then will be broken down, well, except fats, I guess, into glucose to be utilized by the body. And so We can measure it um, in the blood through different forms, and we can talk about that a little later. And so when we're talking about blood glucose, this is actually the energy molecule in the blood, and our body keeps it um, pretty constant, um, and it's also what creates hunger in us, um, what creates our feeling of satiety and fullness. Um, But when it goes awry, it has a lot of consequences, and so that's what we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. Because um, I think some people don't realize that like blood sugar and glucose are kind of like an interchangeable word in a sense.
2: I think one's more layman's terms.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So, it's I think a lot of people have the misconception that um, if they don't have diabetes or they don't have insulin resistance or anything like that, that they don't need to care about their blood sugar. And mm-hmm. that's a myth that I want to bust today. Yeah. Um, and I want to bust that big time because that is one of the main reasons that we have so much disease that we have today and, um, so much inflammation and all the health epidemic that we have is, um, a lot due to blood sugar dysregulation and just imbalances.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's, let's go ahead and bust that myth. So tell us why everybody needs to be, you know, concerned or not, I guess, concerned, maybe too strong of word, but aware of their blood sugar and what it does to them.
2: So when we eat food, like we talked about, it's converted to glucose in the body, and this um, requires insulin to get into our cells. Insulin, I always say, is like a key, unlocks the cell, uh, lets glucose in, and then the body makes energy from that in the cells. And so what happens is, is when we have too much glucose, it's just flooding the cell. The insulin um, increases to try to let more in and it just can't take in any more glucose. I mean, it literally just can't. And so this glucose is wandering around in the blood um, doing lots and lots of damage. We have to understand the glucose molecule is actually sharp if you look at it under a microscope. So when it bumps into things, it damages other cells. It can cause the other cells to burst and die Um, It causes, this is what we think of as inflammation Um, over time. This causes like kind of like, I call it browning, cooking on the inside of us. It releases free radicals we talk about, um, which is basically just cooking on the inside, browning on the inside, which happens as a natural result of aging, but it's definitely sped up. Um, Like I said, cells die when we've got too much. And then also it's stored as fat. Um, and that's what a lot of people are concerned about, of course, is weight loss and things like that. So um, definitely that excess sugar gets sorted. And so these things then lead to all sorts of other health consequences um, over time when we've got this constant high blood sugar or these blood sugar spikes and dips, um, like cravings and hunger and fatigue, bad sleep, bad immunity, you know, just a low immune system, uh, lots of sometimes headaches, hormone imbalances. Um, and memory issues are some of kind of the short-term things. Um, and then if you want to think about long-term effects, it's basically all the diseases that everyone's suffering from today. So just a quick rundown of things like acne, skin issues, arthritis, dementia, cancer, um, mood, depression, gut issues, um, heart disease. Um, some forms of PCOS, insulin resistance, of course, and diabetes. And then fatty liver. Fatty liver is really at an all-time high, um, and that's due to dysregulated blood sugar. Even things like cataracts and wrinkles um, are, can be due to dysregulated blood sugar. Uh, early aging and thyroid issues um, are very closely tied to uh, blood sugar issues. So, yeah, that's the reason that we should care because it's a real problem with all of these things.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously like you just listed an immense array of things there and I'm sure there's so many more. So it's like, yeah, if that, that wasn't a, like a light bulb moment enough for somebody like just hearing all those things that can be re- associated with. And like you said, these are the standard American diseases. I mean, we all know somebody with at least one or two of that list that you just listed off. And so it's almost like, like, why isn't this talked about more? Like, why isn't this like when you go for your general checkup and they're, you know, unless you're basically diabetic, like they don't ever talk to you about blood sugar.
0: No, yeah.
1: Um. So like, yeah, what, from your perspective, like why isn't this more of a common conversation?
2: Oh, I don't know. It really should be. It really should be because it's really frustrating Um, because I've seen people's blood work where, oh, year after year, you can see their blood sugar increasing slowly, but it still remains in the quote unquote normal range. And so the doctor doesn't do anything about it. And they're like, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's all good. When in actuality, it's creeping up. Um, and that's a sign right there. That's a red flag that things need to be improved upon, um, you know, diet and lifestyle needs to be changed because when it starts creeping up, there becomes a point of no return um, where you end up fully into the type two diabetes. But before that, there's a long, long process. Many people are diagnosed with tattoo diabetes, and they feel like it came out of nowhere. In reality, that process had been going on ten plus years mm-hmm. in their body. Um, that in slow buildup of glucose, that slow insulin resistance, where the um, cell just can't take in any, any more glucose, um, it happens gradually. And so that's why it's so important now to pay attention to those things. And even if you have any of these issues. Um, they can be reversed. And so I think that that's really important to know too, that by working on your blood sugar, balancing your blood sugar, I call it, um, you can reverse a lot of this inflammation and your body can come back to that normal insulin response.
0: Yeah. So I guess, how do we know if our blood sugar is imbalanced and what what steps can we do to actually keep it balanced? <laughs>
2: Okay. So that's a great question. And the thing that I think most people need to understand is that you can't feel it. Most people can't feel it when their blood sugar is high. Now you get into somebody who's truly diabetic, um, you know, and been that way a long time, many times they can feel it. Um, and I actually had a client, she's not diabetic at all, but once we balanced her blood sugar, then she could start to actually feel it when it went high. Um, through different things. Um She just has a way in her body that it feels she kind of feels a certain kind of headache and, you know, things like that. But for the most part, you're never going to feel it. Um And so that's why it can be so insidious in such a silent um killer in the body and actually doing so much damage because we're not actually feeling it at all. And in our society, we're living on this carb heavy diet where we're going for Starbucks first thing in the morning. And that's this huge glucose spike. And then it it drops it, your blood sugar drops down and then you're hungry again. And so you eat another quick carb, um, like a muffin from the break room or whatever. And then that's another huge glucose spike. And we're on this constant roller coaster throughout the day. Um, and so many people do feel it in the form of just moodiness, um, and just feeling fatigued and their sleep is terrible um, because their blood sugar is all over the place and they have headaches that they don't know why. And they have anxiety and they don't know why. And so many of those things are, um, they're all tied to blood sugar, but they don't know that they don't pinpoint those things together until they really start to work on their um, diet and their lifestyle, get that leveled out. And then they're like, Oh, wow. I feel, you know, so much better. Um, But that's, you know, that's kind of the takeaway is that you can't feel it. And that's why it's so important to know how these, we're going to go through all the tips that I have for balancing blood sugar, um, and work on, you know, the things you eat and your lifestyle changes, because these things are happening silently within you, whether you know it or not.
0: Yeah. No, like everything you said about this is so true. Cause I know for me personally, like after I like cleaned up my food and started, you know, really focusing on protein and all these different things. And then like, and was eliminating a lot of sugars and things like that. And then like choosing to like have a very sugary sweet, like I, I can feel those sugar spikes, like, Mm -hmm. and, and like the peaks and valleys Mm -hmm. so much more than I ever like noticed before because my sugar blood sugar levels are like pretty much you know stable these days they're not mm-hmm. up and down like they used to be and so i can really pinpoint like oh that was that was super sugary like that's not good for me out here. I need to ha- take some, like have some extra protein right now to kind of help with that, whatever. But it's just kind of yeah. like, it's so interesting because I was living like completely oblivious to it before. And now that I'm like more in tune with my body mm-hmm. and realizing what it needs to fuel itself and to feel good, um, then I, I can pick it up a lot more. So that's been really interesting on, on my end. And so it's, it, it takes a lot of work and it, and, and it takes that, um, mindfulness of like how you feel to like really, evaluate like how you're feeling. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting journey for me. So that's why I'm so happy that you're here to, to talk to us about this, because it, again, it's such vital information and the foundation for so many different types of illnesses that are, that are happening right now.
2: It really is. And I feel like just as a society as a whole, <laughs> we're very, uh- um, I just carb focused, I guess is the word and all the foods that we eat and all the quick things available. It's just carbs, carbs. And so I go places and see people eating things, you know, out and about. And, um, yeah, it's just all carbs. People have these giant coffee drinks and, um, I mean, maybe they're drinking just coffee and cream, but I doubt it. You yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure they're full of sugar um and it's that right there is a huge glucose spike that is i I mean i just think of inflammation every time i see things like that um and not that these aren't to be enjoyed occasionally and we can talk about how we can enjoy those things um occasionally but for the most part uh, we have to be very conscious Um, I'm very conscious of anything I eat, you know, proteins, fats, carbs, not to an excessive point, but just understanding those things and understanding how to pair foods together um, makes a huge difference. And that's where I think that most people have zero idea. They're just in survival mode. And like you said, once you can actually get to where you balance that out, you feel so much better. And then you realize, wow, I really did feel bad. But most people have zero idea what it means to feel better, what it means to feel optimal. Um, So yeah, running around on, you know, 50% or whatever. And so, yes, that's my goal is just to educate people that this really matters. Blood sugar matters for everyone. huge difference in um, your life, your aging, your health conditions, um, everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what are, like, I know I'm sure a lot of listeners right now are going, well, the only thing I know about blood sugar is, yeah, with people with diabetes and they just can't eat a lot of sugar. But I know there's, there. I mean, Caitlin, I know there's way more tips as far as how to balance with your food. So can you talk through some of those with us?
2: So one of the biggest things I tell my clients that we talk about and they seem to remember is I would talk about no naked carbs. (laughs) So we're never going to eat a carb alone. And so carbs (laughs) are talking about uh, sugary things and starchy things also include fiber, but we're not going to, you know, vegetables. I'm not as many people are like, do you count vegetables? I'm like, vegetables are great. We're not limiting vegetables. Okay. So that's really, vegetables are beneficial. So we're talking about sugary foods and starchy foods. And so starchy foods like pasta, potatoes, breads, things like that that aren't inherently sweet. And then we talk about sugary foods. Of course, that makes less and thoughts more just like uh, milkshakes and peas and cakes and Starbucks drinks and all these kinds of things that are just real sugar heavy. So those are the things we're talking about when we're talking about carbs um, as a whole. And so when we say no naked carbs, these things must go in balance with a protein and preferably a fat. And so that's when we're talking about things like meat, um, you know, and cheeses, if you eat dairy and things that can help calm that glucose spike from those um, carbs and even vegetables can do that. Um, And so when I that's what I tell my clients very much when you're thinking that you need to eat a carb. So I'm thinking that I would really like to have those crackers, then let's pair that with a little bit of um, salami and cheese. And that's going to make a much more balanced snack than just crackers. Um, And so that's the thing I like people to remember is that no naked carbs. If you're tempted to eat a carb by itself, please try to find a source of protein. Start to find a source of fat to go with it and that's really going to help the studies have shown that that can decrease your blood your blood sugar spike after a meal by 50 percent, um, and so that can be huge that's the difference between getting some major um, damage from that glucose spike and just having a normal glucose spike because it's normal for our glucose to spike um after a meal you know it's they spike to go up you know we kind of have you know these calming hills and valleys throughout the day. Um, And so that's somewhat normal, but we don't want this huge, huge spike and then this huge drop. And so that's what we're trying to prevent. So that's one of the mantras that I have, no naked carbs. Um, um, And then another really good tip is to move after you eat. So many times people eat, especially if you feel like you've overeaten, you've gone out to eat. I don't know why Mexican food always just feels heavy a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you eat too many chips and, you know, too much salsa, uh-huh. you know, just, you just want to sit around and in, the, in the actuality, you need to move. Um, They've shown even a 10 to 15 minute walk after you eat can decrease that blood sugar spike after your meal by 50%. And so that's another really good way. Um, Especially if you feel like you've overdone it um and you're like, Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that, you know, piece of cake or that. Great. Well, just get out and move. Um, that all that causes the muscles to take up that glucose, um, and decrease the spike. And so that's another way, um, that we can work on balancing that out.
1: Yeah, I, I totally love the move one. I've done that before. Um, You know, like, like back when I was in a nine to five office setting, I tried to always like take a like lap around the building after lunch, Mm -hmm. even though I was eating like a well balanced meal, but like kind of take a lap around the building just to like help with that. Or, you know, like you said, like you don't want to, And I know you're going to give some tips on sweets and stuff, but you know, like my husband's birthday was just this past weekend. And so we had cake and so it was great. But you know, I was like, okay, I normally don't eat sugar like this, even though I ate it after a well-balanced meal. And so it's still like, we, it's finally fall here in Texas. <laughs> it took forever, but finally cooled off. And so like, we went for like a little walk down the driveway and back. Um, I say driveway, we live off a long dirt road, but you know, down the dirt road and back. And like, you just, you do feel better and you don't think of it. Cause you're like, oh, it's just a 10 minute walk but it really does help. And like, you don't feel as full. Like you said, like when you really call, you know, like Mexican food, yes, it has a habit of you overstuff yourself a little bit. And then you can take that little walk and you normally do feel much better. So it's like such a simple thing that you can do anywhere and it's free. Like you don't need, like you just need to move your legs, like just walk for 10 minutes. So I just love it how it's so simple to do that too. Yes.
2: Yeah. We're not, Talking about hardcore cardio, you don't even have to hit the weight room. I mean, just move your body for 10 minutes. Even if you have a small space, just walk in place. You know, really, there's just so much you can do to just get those muscles moving, to move that extra glucose out of the blood into the cells so the body can use it. And we're not storing it as fat and we're not spiking our blood sugar. Um, Another thing I like to tell people is that um, the order that you eat your food in matters. Um, which is really fascinating to me. This research is just really incredible that you could have the same plate of food. You could have a steak, a potato and broccoli. And the order that you eat those things um, is actually related to, you know, it can affect your blood sugar spike, which is crazy. And so if you eat, I always tell people eat your veggies first, if possible. If there's a green salad, um, if you can start with the salad, eat that first. Veggies I'll have fiber that's going to slow down that glucose response. And so if you do have that plate that looks like steak, broccoli, potato, you always want to go veggie first and then protein and always the carb last. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can reduce your glucose spike by, by 30 to 50% right there as well, just that order of eating. And if you, um, you know, can't separate your food, you know, maybe it's all mixed together and it's not possible You know, if it's possible to have that little salad before. Um, I also have another tip that um, some people, it's really effective. Some people don't like it. It's a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar Mm -hmm. in like a half a cup of water. If you can chug that before you eat something sweet uh, in particular, say, I just really want to have that piece of chocolate cake, like you talked about for the birthday, Uh Um, you know, chug that little tablespoon of apple cider vinegar with water, please Um, don't do it on its own. It can be kind of hard on our teeth and stuff. Um, But with a half a cup of water, chug that down, that's going to reduce your glucose spike. Even eating the same piece of cake um, with the apple cider vinegar before reduces the glucose spike um significantly and so that's another tip that I think uh, most people aren't aware of and that even lets you enjoy maybe things that you want to enjoy you want to have something with your family and things like that but these things are tips that can help us still we're not counting calories we're not focused we're not being obsessive but just little things that we can do anytime we're eating to think about oh, okay, I'll just eat my veggie first and that's going to help. I'll just go on a little walk, you know, and then maybe if I do want to really enjoy that dessert, I can have a little bit of apple cider vinegar before. Mm -hmm. Um, All these things are just small things, but over time they add up because the effects of the high blood sugar is not in a one-time thing. It's chronic. It's over years and years of eating like this, years and years of these glucose spikes that the damage is done.
0: Yeah. No, I just love this too, because you know, I, I, you know, I feel like Abigail and I try to preach that it's not about restricting what you're eating or about eliminating like the fun foods in life. Like, obviously you don't want to be eating a cake every single day for every single meal, but like when you're celebrating someone's birthday or an anniversary or whatever, like you want to be able to partake in that if that's something that you like really enjoy. So it's not about eliminating it. It's like, here's some more tools. So that way you're, you're keeping your blood sugar balanced and you still get to participate in the celebration, right? So yeah, eating the extra protein, the fats, having the apple cider vinegar, all of that can help you and like support you to, you know, still be able to enjoy life and the fun foods without like making you feel terrible afterwards or feel like it's punishment afterwards. Right,
1: right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important because yes, we need to live our life. We need to enjoy, um, but then it just be mindful about these things and that's really all it takes is like you said it earlier just being mindful now that you know now that you're here listening to this podcast yeah. you can be educated you can be aware and you can start making these small changes and they really do add up you know and you may have a day where you slip up and you have something you're not supposed to that's fine let's get back to it um, let's get back to having more protein um, I find a lot of my clients that are women they're hormonally imbalanced thyroid imbalanced, and when we really start to focus on, I tell them we need 30 grams of protein at every meal, starting with breakfast, um, having a savory breakfast, um, or protein heavy breakfast. Sometimes I, I generally, this morning I did have a smoothie It had 30 grams of protein. I wouldn't consider it savory, I guess, cause it did have some, a little bit of fruit in it, but, um, that's going to keep your, um, glucose, your blood sugar stable. That's going to keep you satiated. Um, and that's where so many of my clients, they're eating these, um, cereal or, you know, a muffin, um, something very carb heavy. And then they don't understand why they feel fatigued and they're moody and they snap at their kids and they snap at their husband and they're tired all the time and their sleep is terrible. And as soon as they start eating 30 grams of protein at every meal, they're like, you're a miracle worker. This is incredible. (laughs) I feel amazing. I'm <laughs> like, I, yeah. it's not, it's just not rocket science, but right. it does take concerted effort. Um, but the way that you feel the energy that you have, the the sleep that you have, the just stability in your moods um, is really shocking. And most women are like, I just don't know where to start. My hormones are out of whack. Um, and they think that that's the problem. Hormone imbalance is all, always a symptom. It's never a root cause. And so, and even thyroid, um, it's never a root cause. And one of the root causes is blood sugar imbalance of both (laughs) of those. And so many women are struggling with those. And so that's where you can start. You don't need to necessarily work with me. Um, I mean, of course I would love to, but you don't need to go get on a prescription. You don't need to go see your doctor. You need to listen and implement these tips here. 30 grams of protein at every meal. Um, Work on the other tips with the veg and the apple cider vinegar and the movement and try that for a couple of weeks, you will feel fantastic. I promise.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And I think Caitlin and I are just like, you know, living testimonies of that. Like, cause when we really learned about this a few years ago and like we really started implementing it ourselves, I mean, cause we were, we were a hundred percent those, those women, you know, we were the mocha and muffins as you call them, yeah. you know, so, or like not just coffee only, like we would actually have no breakfast. And it's like, you know, because just how society had trained us. And so we're like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, we'll just not eat till lunchtime and just have Mm -hmm. a cup of super sugar coffee. And then like, it was so weird. And I felt like I was eating so much food at first Mm -hmm. when I really like focused on like protein and veggies more than anything else. And then it's like, now if I'm not hitting close to 30 grams of protein per meal, I immediately know, like, even if it's only at like 20 grams, I'm starving like an hour later. (laughs) Like I'm so hungry and I'm, I'm like my, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm more moody and all that stuff. And so it's just, it's so funny. Like once you get to that point, like you said, you feel so good. And then you actually realize like when your body is missing things it needs, you know, and then, or like you can you know, like you mentioned when most people have like balance their blood sugar, then they can feel those spikes and stuff. And so it's just so fascinating because you don't realize how bad you feel until you don't feel that way anymore. And then you're like, Oh, I don't want to go back to that ever. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's so true. I even occasionally do it to myself not too long ago. I knew that I, I just didn't have any food prepped and I was just kind of snacking and I just wasn't eating enough protein. You know, I was like eat two eggs. Well, that's only 14 grams of protein. Mm. Um, that's not enough, but that's all I had. And then I rushed out the door and the, all day I, I knew in my mind that chasing my blood sugar is what I call it. You know, my blood sugar is just down. And so I eat something again, but it wasn't enough and so it's down and, and not being prepared. Um, but I think it's important uh, for us. I don't recommend tracking food on the regular at all. I think it can lead to a lot of obsessive eating But just look at um, food and know how much protein is in things. Um, That's a really good place to start, is just knowing kind of what is a serving of protein um, and how much protein is in certain things. And I think you would be surprised. Um, And that's just a great way to start, is just even if you can't get it at every meal, I always say, please start with breakfast, a savory breakfast, 30 grams um, can be transformative, even if you're struggling to get it in the rest of the day. And then you can slowly work on the other but really focusing on that 30 grams to start your day just sets you up so much better your blood sugar will be more stable your mood will be more stable um, you will just feel so much better less energy crashes in the afternoon um, if anybody tells me about the afternoon energy crash i'm like yep that's blood sugar yep. right there um you got to work on your protein yes all of those things
0: yeah, I feel like I was pretty regular about having sugar, cra- sugar crashes in the in the afternoon um, before I kind of changed up how I was eating and everything. And so now I look back and feel like gosh, like I was so much more tired, I didn't have energy, and like the reason we wanted to share this information in the first place is because we want everyone to live their best lives. And in order to do that, you you've you've got to get your, your nutrition under control and give your body the fuel it needs to give you energy. And so Um, yeah, this is just like vital information just so you can show up and be a a better, better friend, better spouse, a better coworker, all these things. Cause I think moodiness is such a big part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, sometimes I like take a step back from scenarios and I'm like, okay, well the reason this person might be like, acting the way they are is because they didn't eat anything today. They had, they're not focusing on protein and all they had was that sugary Starbucks drink. Right. So no wonder they're cranky. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's just, um, just good information, um, for it to set you up for success.
2: It is, it is. And I have, um, I had someone come to me not too long ago with just rampant anxiety. And the first thing I think of is blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and The first thing you're going to get if you go to your doctor with rampant anxiety is a benzodiazepine or, you know, Xanax, something along those lines. Um, And so, yeah, I think that um, we, yeah, we must give people excuses because maybe they are living on these crazy blood sugar uh, um, spikes and just, you know, be kinder to everyone. But we also need to educate them and say, hey
0: here's a piece of chicken. Calm down. <laughs> here's a piece of chicken. Calm, Calm down. down. Oh my gosh. We're going to make the greatest
1: t-shirts with Leanne quotes. I tell you, <laughs> no naked carbs. Here's a piece of chicken. Calm down. Yes.
2: Yes. Uh-huh. Calm down. <laughs> Calm
1: down. I, yeah. It's so true. It is so true. And like when you really get in tune with your body, like you realize like those are the things, like you said, you had a day of like you were chasing your blood sugar. I've had those days like, and you don't Like, yeah, you just like your morning gets crazier. You're not as prepped with your food or whatever. And that's why, you know, meal prepping is a good thing because then you're, when you are in those rushed mornings, you still have a full, you know, protein heavy meal. But yeah, the whole day you're just like, I like, I'll just be all snappy and agitated and yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's because I clearly have not fueled my body enough. And I'm like, I'm sorry, body. And I just like, we'll eat some jerky like immediately or something.
2: Yes, I that's huge is to have, I kind of, I make a, I have a list on my fridge, especially for my kids of just snacks that are balanced, you mm-hmm. know, and taking things with us. I'll usually always have some sort of jerky or beef stick with me. Yeah. Um, And because you can always find a fast carb, right? You can always find something, even at gas stations now, I do see fruit and things like that, which is great, but I, it's hard to find a really good source of protein. Occasionally I do see some hard boiled eggs um at gas stations and things like that so that's good but um man jerky is great to take um and just being prepared for those things I had a client that was a baseball mom and she was like how am I going to do this and I was like well you're going to be prepared you're going to take a little cooler and then we made her a big list of all the things she enjoyed that were actually balanced um you know a greek yogurt and she she liked string cheese she you know she was able to eat very um and you know meat sticks and hard boiled eggs things like this knowing these things having these things ready um not being unprepared you know i still fall unprepared occasionally but for the most part you know stuff and i know what um my body needs and when i'm feeling that hunger i'm going to turn to something like that instead of a really fast sugary carb
1: yeah absolutely i think that's so that's really important is being prepared
0: Hi friends, I just want to take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor, Flash Marketing Solutions. Flash Marketing Solutions provides full-service website and marketing solutions. They focus on your website so you can focus on your core business. I'll be honest with you, friends. When we first started The Gussie Truth, the idea of building a website sounded super fun, but quickly became a daunting task. But thanks to Flash Marketing Solutions, they got our website built, freeing up hours of our time to focus on the podcast. If you're ready to be gutsy and need a website for your business or blog or whatever you're hoping to do, we recommend Flash Marketing Solutions. Visit flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy for more information. That's flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy. And right now, all new website clients get the first year of hosting for free. Thank you so much, Flash Marketing Solutions. If you are enjoying the
1: podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. Do you have any other tips for people as far as helping keep their blood sugar
2: balanced throughout the day? One thing I like to remind people of too, is that, um, you know, certain things are not off limits for breakfast, your leftovers from dinner, your soup that you made, um, your, you know, whatever protein can be breakfast too. Um, I think we kind of get in this typical breakfast idea. You're like, well, I'm tired of eggs, you know, I don't know what else to eat. Um, And so uh, Pinterest can be a great source of, you know, just search protein, heavy breakfast, you know, no eggs or, you know, things like that. And I, you know, I love eggs too, but you can kind of get sometimes burned out on them. And so just think outside the box um, specifically for breakfast. Um, And that's a tip I have. And then another thing I have is that if you're going to enjoy dessert, have it close to your meal, just like Abigail was talking about having that cake um, instead of saying, oh, you know, we went out to dinner, we had this really good dinner. Now I'm going to wait a couple hours and then I'm going to have ice cream. No, that's going to spike your blood sugar probably a couple hours after an hour or two after you go to sleep. Um, let's have that ice cream. Let's have that piece of cake right after our meal. Cause then it's going to combine with that protein from our meal. And hopefully the veggies from our meal, the glucose spike is going to be much less than when it's eaten by itself. And so that's another tip. So, Um, I'm not saying don't enjoy the cake, you know, but we don't have cake all the time. But yeah, enjoy the cake, Cake. eat it close to your meal. Don't freak out about it. You know, Um, and I think that can be so beneficial is just thinking whenever because whenever we say we can't have it, that's when we really want it. And so I'm saying, yeah, have it, eat it with your meal, and then move on. Go for a walk, just like Abigail talked about. Um, Things like that can be Um, really, really huge over time. Like I said, it's all over time. These are daily habits that we have to get into the mindset of, and we're not going to be perfect when we begin. We're going to be caught off guard. We're not going to have our snacks, um, things like that, but you have to plan ahead. And that's where um, I worked with, I work with my clients, just, you know, plan ahead we've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. We've got to think ahead. That's what's going to set you up for the most success. And I know you guys have an episode on planning and things like that. So that's where you got to be ready.
1: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent agree. Yeah. You know, um, we always kind of revert back to that one, like saying it's like, you have to choose your hard. And so some people are always like, well, meal planning, planning so hard. I'm like, or do you want to be sick all the time and feel terrible all the time? Yep. You know, so instead of, it's, so for me, it's an easy swap. It's I'm going to take the extra 20 minutes and prep something that I know is going to set me up for success food wise for like the next day or two, rather than chasing my blood sugar the whole next day and feeling crummy, you know, and, and so you've got to, it, it really, it really does matter, but it also doesn't have to be overly complicated. And I think you talk about that a lot too on your Instagram. Like, you know, like you said, you can just have your leftovers from dinner for breakfast, like. So like, there's no rules about that. Like you can eat whatever you want, you know? Um, I had breakfast food for dinner the other (laughs) night, you know, so like you can totally do whatever. It doesn't have to be these big fancy meals or anything crazy. Like you said, some chicken, some ground beef, you know, some eggs, like it's like really simple stuff. You don't have to go all over the top. And I think that's when people think of meal planning. They think of these really intricate, like, foods and and meals and stuff that they have to cook. And really, Caitlin, I advocate for a taco salad all day, every day, because it's so easy. And everyone normally has all the ingredients for taco (laughs) salad. And it's got all the all the good stuff that you need, you can make it what you want. So yeah, I think that's always our other tip is like, you don't have to overcomplicate it.
2: Yes, that is such key. One of my go-tos for dinner, uh, of course, my husband is a farmer and we raise cattle, but we have um, hamburgers, Mm -hmm. but I just don't eat the bun. It's just Mm -hmm. burger patty. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have some, uh, a veggie side and maybe, you know, some roasted potatoes and that's it. And I'm going to eat my veggie first. I'm going to eat my burger. I'm going to eat my potatoes last. And it's just so simple. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, please, let's keep it simple. This is not complicated. This is not meant to be complicated. Um, I did want to mention it. There is a book if you are at all interested in this. I think every human that eats food and breathes should read this book. Um, it's called The Glucose Revolution. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, and even as much as I knew about it, um, I learned a lot. She uses, I have such a hard time with her last name. I don't know where she's from. Do you guys know how to say her last name? I don't. Uh-uh.
0: I, yeah, it's
1: her Instagram it is an yeah, I. Yeah. Anyways. Her- Um, We can link her Instagram and her book. Glucose Goddess. Yeah, Glucose Goddess.
2: Yes, that would be great. Yeah, if you search Glucose Revolution, you'll find it. I think it's a bestseller on Amazon, as it should be, um, because this is knowledge everyone needs. Please go get this book, read it. It goes over some of the stuff I went over, but she gives such great examples that make a lot of sense. She gives an example of a train conductor shoveling coal you know, and just getting overwhelmed with the amount of fuel as a way to understand excess glucose in the body. Um, and it just is such an easy read. This is not a scientific read. This is an everyday read everyday tips that people can implement, um, and things this, it will be truly life changing for everyone. Get it. This episode is just kind of a tip of the iceberg. Um, And so I highly, highly recommend that book. And I also want to talk about ways to monitor your blood glucose. I get this question because people are like, is not there a way you can check your blood sugar? So um, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Yes. Um, The cheapest way um, is to, you can go get a blood glucose monitor. You can go get one at Walmart. You can order them on Amazon. I looked this morning, they're like 20 to $30. Um, That's going to come with, little um lancets you will have to prick your finger and you will put it on a test strip put it in the machine that's the easiest way to get started if you can get past the finger prick um and i understand that's not for everybody um but that is the easiest cheapest way to get started um i highly recommend checking it first thing in the morning um when you wake up keeping a little log of it keeping a diary checking an hour or two after you eat Um, these are good ways to see where you're at and where you're, um, if, if you're having spikes, you know, if certain foods, um, spike it. Um, there is another way that is getting more and more popular. And these are continuous glucose monitors. This is a little, oh, it's like a sensor looks like a big sticker that you can stick on the back of your arm. Um, and it has a little filament, like a little thread that stays in your arm. It sounds kind of freaky but it's not it just feels like a sticker on your arm and that will monitor your blood sugar continuously um wirelessly for two weeks and so I think these are fabulous I wish they weren't so expensive I wish they weren't so hard to get um but this is a great way I think everyone should wear one for at least two weeks just to see how things are affecting them and so ways to get them unfortunately these are prescription only here in the U.S. and so you can go to your doctor and ask for a prescription for one. Now, understand that unless you have some significant insulin resistance or diabetes, your insurance is not likely going to pay for it, which really gets under my skin because mm-hmm. I think that insurance would be so much better off paying for these and helping people understand their blood sugar than, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> but you will have to likely pay cash for those, which you can. You can pay... um. You know, full price. You can call around to different pharmacies and ask what the cash price is. Um, I'm going to guess around $200. And that's going to get you the monitor to last you four weeks to two weeks each. Um, And so, you know, depending on your financial situation, um, I highly recommend it. I've worn one several times. I just think it's fantastic. It's fascinating to see what your blood sugar is doing, what kind of foods affect it. Different foods affect different people differently. You can see how that walk after your meal affects you. You know, maybe that piece of bread, you know, that you, you thought, oh, I don't think this is really affecting my blood sugar is really sending you on a blood sugar spike. Um, and so I just think it's fascinating and it's a great way to do it. There's another company. I have not, I have no ties to them. It's called mm-hmm. um Anyways, you can just Google uh, continuous blood glucose monitors And they're a little more expensive, but you also get a, um, like a dietitian nutritionist with your subscription, you know, with your two weeks or month, you get help with them. Um, they'll give you tips, you know, they'll rate your meals and give you tips on how you could do better, uh, why this spiked your blood sugar, um, which is a really great great place to start if you don't know where to start and you just really need some help on that. Um, and you have the financial resources to do it. I think that that's a, be a really good option. Um, and so those are kind of the price points from lowest to get started. You can go to Walmart today for $30 and get started or, you know, up to a more expensive level, um, but definitely more help with understanding blood sugar. And then also, I don't want to forget to talk about, please, please, the next time you go get your blood work done, ask your doctor to measure fasting insulin. I don't know why they don't measure this. Um, it's a real pet peeve of mine because it's really cheap. Um, They always measure blood glucose, and even A1C, hemoglobin A1C is a really good measurement. You need to ask for that, too, if they're not doing it. That's your three-month blood sugar control. This can point to some blood sugar issues if you're having them early, Um, and fasting insulin can also pinpoint blood sugar issues, and so I see people, I would like their fasting insulin, like, around five to eight. Doctors will not flag it as a problem until it reaches 25, um, which is really concerning because there's a whole range between eight and 25 25 where you've got insulin issues. You've got blood sugar issues that we can address with all these tips that we've talked about. And so it's really good to know that. It's really good to see that number that can be really motivating for a lot of people to say, oh, I actually do have some insulin resistance creeping in. Some blood sugar issues creeping in. I really need to focus on this, and so please ask for fasting insulin at your next lab visit, and then come back and listen to this podcast. That is crazy.
1: That number difference, eight to twenty-five. I mean, that blows my mind. Oh my gosh! Like that. <laughs> and like you said, then so why? What's the difference between fasting glucose and fasting insulin? Like, what's what are those different tests telling you?
2: Yes. So fasting glucose, I don't, I don't mind it. And I would still recommend getting it, but it's highly influenced by anything. um, Even just um, exercising increases our glucose. Mm -hmm. And so say you went to the doctor's office and you had to walk a ways to get there. You had to climb two flights of stairs. You were also running late. Um, Your stress hormones go up, your, your glucose is going to go up. And so it's just not a great reflector. It's just a one time snapshot got gotcha. um, that glucose um, and so insulin is going to be a little more stable it's going to give you a, it still is a snapshot but it's a little bit more stable and um, re- to measure your glucose response um, because it's highly influenced by the glucose but it just kind of gives us a better baseline of where you're at with your insulin balance and your blood sugar balance and then that plus that hemoglobin a1c doctors for the most part measure I would ask for it on everyone even someone that came in that looks seemingly healthy I think doctors might not order it but they need to because mm-hmm. like I said that is your blood sugar balance over three months and so if that's starting to creep up that moves in just decimal increments and that that's another pet peeve of mine they The doctors just won't look at it until it starts to get into that pre-diabetic range. And we can see it creeping up before that. And they're just like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're in insulin resistance. You're in pre-diabetes. And it's like, oh, no, how did I get here? You were there five years ago. Um, We just didn't do anything about it. Wow. So (laughs) Uh. um, huge value in those numbers. Um, and huge, I think, um, insight that we're missing for a lot of people that could really start addressing things early. And so that's why I advocate for those labs so much. They're cheap, they're easy. I don't know why we're not doing them, but please ask for them.
1: Yeah. No, that's so helpful to know because yeah, like if it's so, I mean, it's just part of your, like, routine blood test. It's nothing extra special they have to do <laughs> to right. you. It's just the blood they pull from you anyway. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, the continuous glucose monitor. Yeah, Kate, it's
2: not complicated.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, on the on the CGMs, continuous glucose monitors, Caitlin's worn one. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, she and I were geeking out over her information yeah. the whole time. And I definitely want to get one. But I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, why can't insurance cover these? Because, like you said, if people are having some issues or knowing or wanting to know, like, I feel like it's so valuable. I mean, even just the two weeks you wore yours, yeah. like you got a lot of insight, huh? Caitlin? Oh yeah.
0: It was like such a little science experiment. Cause I would like eat the same thing for breakfast, like three days in a row and see if it was like just the food I was eating or like on that, like that first week that I did it, like my glucose spiked a lot more on Monday. Cause I, I was like, the start of the week and I had a meeting that I had to get to. So just like stress levels was like a huge part of some of my glucose levels more than food affected anything, which was interesting and also slightly frustrating because <laughs> that stress is much harder to control, but it was, <laughs> it was really insightful to kind of see, um, and it com- completely eliminated like insulin resistance as an issue that I've been dealing with. So that was like really insightful. And I was thankful I could work with my nutritionist to like, ha- um, get all that information, but you know, it is something that is getting more talked about. Cause like you said, there are these companies that are, that are, have these glucose, um, monitors available. Um, and yeah, like you said, unfortunately they are expensive, but I am thankful. I feel like there's so many like reels and things on Instagram and TikTok that are just like, here, what happens when I like have this soda and see what happens with my blood sugar. So it is getting talked about more and hopefully over time, those, those costs will get reduced. Um, and I think it's also, if, if we are as a society are asking for that, then hopefully, you know, there will be more companies that are going to try to come in at a good price point to make them available as well. So this is all really, really helpful information.
2: Yes. I just hope that people, will, yeah, that they'll become more widely available because it is just so insightful. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a client that was able to get one, um, one time. And she was just like, this is mind blowing. I need one for all my family members, you know, and, um, you can just learn so much. And I just want to touch on that too, Caitlin. That was a really good um, reminder about the effects of stress mm-hmm. and sleep. Yep. Um. So stress, just like you noticed on your, on its own can raise your blood sugar. You can literally be sitting at your computer, get a stressful phone call. You know, your boss calls and says, Hey, I need you to come into my office. Um. You know, you don't know what that's about, but all of a sudden your stress hormones pick up that your blood sugar will um, spike. And that's a normal response. We don't need to say that anything's broken about that. Um, Our body was designed that we're in a stressful state. We need that excess glucose so we can run, we can fight. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's just how our body was designed. But the problem is when this is happening on a constant basis over and over again. Throughout the day, the society, we're on the go all the time. Um, And so that affects your blood sugar. You can I always tell people, you can eat a perfect diet. We've talked a lot about diet. You really can't eat a perfect diet, but if you are stressed out, your blood sugar will still be unstable. You can still get blood sugar spikes all alone just from cortisol. And so um, that is a big player for some people. Get your diet under control. Look at your stress. All of it goes together. I'm going to say just missed night sleep, which most people don't miss a full night's sleep, but um, a missed night sleep can cause a huge glucose spike the next day with the same food that you would eat the day before. So say you always eat three eggs, um, you know, this great breakfast, you miss a night's sleep, you eat the same thing and that's going to spike your blood sugar twice as much as it did with a good night's sleep. And so we have to understand the huge role that sleep plays in our insulin sensitivity. And so if you're struggling with your sleep, um, that's a good place to start. Uh, so many people have undiagnosed sleep apnea, um, things like that, huge, huge effects on blood sugar. And so we can't, um, I wanted to be sure and touch on those things and how they really do. It's not just food. It's everything. Sleep and stress play a big role too. So wanted to touch on that.
1: No, that's great. And I think, cause I mean, what American isn't dealing with those issues right now? <laughs> Right. So I, I, I mean, I, hundred um, percent can attest to that myself too, because I know I've as I've gone through stressful seasons, uh, like yeah, my food's been on point, and I still just feel terrible, and it's because of stress. Like I'm still like I didn't change anything else about my my day to day other than the impact of more stress on it. So, yeah, it's a real thing. Stress does crazy things to your
2: body. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that's what um, I work with my clients on, um, their food, but then we also dive deep into stress. And I think that that's something that people need to think more about, um, identifying those things, getting real honest with yourself about where the sources of stress are in your life mm-hmm. and ways that you can change those things up, even though it may be hard and even though it may take time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so great. Um, cause that's all part of it. It's a whole, a whole body approach, mind and emotions too. So we love that you do that too, with your clients. Um, so what, any other last tips and tricks about blood sugar you'd like to share with our listeners? You've given us so much information today. I think it's just very, very valuable.
2: I don't think so. Just kind of in summation that this is something that applies to everyone. Please, please work on these things. If you're struggling with any of the things that I listed off in the beginning, which is basically everything that everybody struggles with, this applies to you. If you eat food and you breathe, this applies to you. (laughs) If you want to live a healthier life if you want to have longevity, if you want to, um, you know, be healthy as you age, um, this applies to you. And so I think it's just something that everyone needs the knowledge of. Everyone needs to apply it. Get the book. I talked about, please. Glucose revolution. Um, give it to your friends, give it as Christmas gifts. Um, just tell everyone, because it's just so important. This is foundational. Um, if you're trying to figure out your health and you don't know where to start, start here um, you don't need to run to your doctor to do any of these things um, obviously the lab values we talked about are helpful but you can get started today at your very next meal um, and so that's what i love about it it's accessible it's easy it just takes a little mindfulness and it in the long term pays huge dividends we're playing the long game always in our health and we're not short-term fixes here so that is where it's at in the long term that's
1: so great. Um, yeah, this is just great information. I know the three of us could literally talk about blood sugar until we run out of breath, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so important. And so, yeah, Leanne, we are just so appreciative of all this wonderful knowledge you shared with us today because we, just like you, 100% agree that this is, this is the real epidemic of the world, is blood sugar imbalance. And like you mentioned so many times in so many ways that you can have like you can take total control of it in every aspect of your life and you don't necessarily need major intervention of you know medical help or anything it's just the food you eat the life you live how you the order of eat your food um, and it's everything that you can easily implement at home so this has been a fantastic conversation and we can't wait to share this with our listeners so thank you so much for being on today
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. I could talk blood sugar all day long. I just (laughs) love talking with it uh, with you guys. I love talking about it, helping people with their health. There's just so much you can do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Leanne, tell us again, I know you've been on the podcast, but go ahead for this episode. Tell us where our listeners can find you on social media and more information about all the cool stuff you share about.
2: Yes. I'm most active on Instagram. I'm at It's true health underscore farm, P-H-A-R-M, since I'm a pharmacist, farm, and I live on a farm girl. And so true health underscore farm girl, and that's where I share most information. I have a ton of highlights there. I have highlights about blood sugar, highlights about hormones, thyroid, whatever you're struggling with. um, I've probably talked about it. And if I haven't, send me a message, and I will talk about it. So I share um, farm life. I share what I'm eating. um, Just, you know, whatever it comes up throughout the day, I try to share just to help people out that I want people to understand, just start small, start somewhere on improving your health.
1: That's awesome. Yes. And we will link all that in the show notes because, um, if you've listened to any of Leanne's previous episodes with us, which we'll link those two, cause it's like all encompassing and everything she's talked about. Yeah. So, um, it's great. And Leanne, thank you for everything you do and helping just make the world a healthier place.
2: Yes. Thank you guys for having me. I always love talking with y'all.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful to have you here with us, and we hope today's episode was helpful and inspiring. Until next time, we encourage you to learn more at thegutsytruth.com, and we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on today's episode on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere,
1: we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing
0: to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com support to learn more. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth.